Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Can we stand for the reading of God's Holy Word? Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some of them doubted. Let's read that again, Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples, they left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them, this is after the resurrection, Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of the 11, some of the disciples, what did they do? They doubted. Some worshipped, some doubted. Father, we pray as we study your word on doubt today. Some of us might find ourselves in a valley of doubt. We pray that God's holy word would speak and clear and, and cut through all of that doubt Bring clarity and understanding so we can live as you want us to live. We pray in Jesus' name. You may be seated. This is not their first meeting. Uh, Jesus revealed himself over a 40 day period multiple times to the disciples. It's recorded actually 13 times. Uh, and the disciples were part of many of those uh, first uh, confronting Jesus after his resurrection. And so he's showing himself to the disciples. And one of those times in that 40-day period is found in John 21, verse 4, at dawn, nice and early, any morning people. Who's at the gym up early? Come on, who's walking? Who's who's on the beach? I I love this, but this is my favourite verse. If you're new to church, I'm this kind of love the ocean. I love the beach. I'm there every morning. Um, we got this little dog. It's this long haired like sausage dog. Uh, what's the type of dog it is, Bonnie? It's a little dash hound and it's just this tiny little thing and, and I take it, it can't even get over the sand and I'm there 6am as the sun rises every morning. And at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach but the disciples um, couldn't see who he was. I love that our Jesus loves the beach because I love the beach. Praise the Lord about the beach. Grew up on Monaval Beach and I love the beach. And some people accuse me of being in too many board meetings. They think I'm a workaholic. I'm very serious about board meetings. Here's an example of a board meeting. Regularly in my, on my board. We can have a bit of fun in church. So Jesus is on the beach, praise the Lord. Um, Yet through this uh, time that Jesus confronted His disciples, they still doubted. They still doubted. And so today we're starting this series called The Valley, as Bonnie said, doubt, anxiety, loss, addiction, elevation. We want to deal with real issues. We want to confront head on those things that people deal with in real life, not just church land, (laughs) but in in day to day, in the office, on the bus, in public transport. We we want to confront these issues and and talk about them because we always think about them, but we don't often talk about them. We want this to be a safe place. We can dialogue, we can talk, we'll equip our life group leaders to have these conversations because in life I've noticed there's lots of valleys. I think there's more valleys than mountains. 
mountaintops because in a valley it takes a while to get out, whereas a mountaintop, it's just a short little spot. And then you've got to come down. And we find in Deuteronomy 11, 11, the land you will soon take over is a land of hills and what? And valleys, life is full of valleys. The valleys, Billy Graham says, of life may be dark and they may be deep. But they're necessary for us to appreciate the beauty of the mountaintop. Let me say that again. Billy Graham, the the valleys of life may be dark and deep. Maybe you're in a valley right now and you feel alone. You feel dark and deep. But they're so necessary for us to appreciate the beauty of the mountaintops. I, I, I don't know what you're in today, but here is what I'm believing. This series is more than just a few words that we're gonna preach. We're believing for life change to happen, for people to be set free, for the power of God to move significantly over these next four weeks. We, we wanna pray for people every service. We wanna lay hands on you at the end of every service. We want people to be hungry to see God move in their lives, to pray for others to be set free so we're not held back by the valley, but we go through the valley to grow. So some of these, these 11 disciples, Judas wasn't there, as you know, if you're new to church, he was the one that betrayed Jesus and committed suicide. So that left them with 11. But some of them doubted, even though they saw Him, when they worshipped Him, but some doubted. So here we've got the 11, I don't know, probably the, the creative ones were worshipping. Uh, those with a bit of an operational mind. Uh, I'm not saying they're more intelligent than the creative ones. I'm just saying the creative ones can get into the presence of God sometimes a bit easier. Some of those uh, with an operational mind, we can miss God by eight inches. We get stuck up here in our mind. But some were worshipping and some were doubting. That's fascinating to me. In the same moment, Jesus standing in front, the 11 that walked three odd years with Him, some worshipped, some doubted. I I find great comfort in that verse. Because if I'm honest with you, my mind can cause me to doubt. I can be in the middle of worship and I'm like, God, we're, you know, the, the, the roof's about to lift off the house. I can sense His presence. I am actually can get a bit emotional. I can get moved to tears in worship. I just love praising God. And then all of a sudden, in an instant, my mind, what if the fire alarm goes off? What if people leave and we don't know how to fix it? Chin's not here. He's, he's somewhere else, our fire guy. You know, what if they don't come back? Well, what if they, they think that this is a church that has fires and they got to leave? And what if next week they no one comes? And God, are you here? Why did you allow the fire alarm? Is there even a God? Why am I making this up? My mind can spiral out of control. Lucky you don't follow me and you follow Jesus because I tell you, my mind is this crazy machine. But so often we can struggle with thoughts of doubt. In the uh, pastor land, I'll call it, we can have these uh, mountains and valleys. And so for, you know, I wanna see God engage and, and move powerfully. And, and so often we can be in a church service and there are people that have been really moved in the presence of God. And, and you can see that they're, they're, they're being physically impacted by His love and His grace. And then you look over and then someone's yawning. 
or someone's even sleeping. And I'm like, God, what's going on here? One moment, you know, you're in this amazing high and the next minute, you know, you get this big low where strata doubles its rent, you know, or, or, or something happens, a circumstance. And this is kind of a roller coaster ride. If we're not careful as Christians, we don't know how to interpret these circumstances. We can find ourselves on an emotional roller coaster. I think it's dangerous. I think it's where doubt is birthed. That we're gonna be men and women of the Spirit, men and women of the Word, men and women who are consistent, who have good character, good disciplines. We're gonna talk about this today. The Greek word for doubt is dystazos. Dystazos. Now, it does not denote a settled unbelief. So the word doubt doesn't mean you'll never believe. What it means, it's a state of uncertainty and hesitation. It's a huge distinction. This is kind of life-giving for us. Because if you doubt, it doesn't mean you've got this settled unbelief, you're walking away from God. What it means is you've got questions. There's a little bit of uncertainty. There's some hesitation. And doubt is normal. It doesn't disqualify you. What we're going to learn through God's Word is doubt actually can build your faith if you allow it. The valley of doubt can actually help grow your faith and deepen your relationship with God. And that is the goal. So maybe today you're dealing with some doubt. Uh, you're, you're really struggling with your faith. Uh, you're questioning God. Is He even real? Uh, you're in this valley. Some of you think, Miles, look, I'm just not sure about this whole Christianity thing. I'm not even sure there's a God. I used to believe, now I'm not so sure. I don't even know if I want to believe. I'm trying, but I'm struggling. But praise God that you're here. And praise God for your honesty. And praise God for your self-awareness. And two thoughts I want to share from God's Word on doubt. Number one is this. You can write this down. Allow your doubts to make you seek Jesus. Doubts are a normal part of your faith. Now, let me be clear. Faith is the goal. We don't live in the valley of doubt forever. But doubt can actually strengthen your faith. It's a vehicle to build your faith. Because faith isn't a destination, it's a journey. And faith is a muscle that we learn to work and build constantly. Because this walk with Christ, it's a relationship that's ongoing. I can't rely on yesterday's faith. I have to learn to apply that faith today. It's a relationship that's ongoing. Matthew 21, 21, then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to the mountain, you'll be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. If you have faith, you will receive it. Faith is the goal. We wanna build our faith. But faith is not the absence of doubt. It's the means to get through doubt. Sometimes we beat ourselves up because we've got these thoughts of doubt. They're just carnal thoughts. We live in a fleshly body, in a broken world. What we can't allow those doubts and thoughts is to de define us. 
It's, it's, our faith is a means to get through these doubts. So my big first valley of doubt came when I was 17. I'd been saved for two years, radically saved at a little INC church. And I had a mentor, a couple of years older than me, and we would read Scripture together on the beach. And he would open God's Word and we would pray and went to youth and he'd pick me up. And he was just that, that, that kind of giant in the faith that I looked up to. Well, two years later, I'm at 17 at this age, uh, my last year of, of high school, and uh, he falls away from the Lord, just completely walks away from God. And I am shattered. That's an understatement. I am completely disillusioned. A young believer put all my, 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 my trust and faith in this guy who had shown me the Word and I looked up to, suddenly he walks away <laughs> from the God he'd been telling me about. I bet you've had that. A leader, a parent, someone you'd looked up to, walk away from their faith. Suddenly I'm in this crossroad. What do I do? He knows more than me. If it's not real to him, how on earth can this thing be real to me? And maybe that's you today. You had a Christian leader fail you and doubt has come in like a flood. Your parents say one thing and they act another. Your Christian boss is a bit hypocritical. Well, what do you do? What do you do when you face these valleys of doubt and crisis when those around you that you'd looked up to I was driven at 17 into this deep valley of doubt, solo, alone, hurting. But it was in that valley that I discovered God for myself, which everyone has to do. It was in that valley, that dark days where I just got on my knees and was alone with God and I discovered His love and His grace for me. What the valley of doubt does, it solidifies your relationship with God. And every child has to go through this. Bonnie and I have got five beautiful young adult kids. They're all gonna find their own faith. They have to allow the, I have to allow as a dad, these questions, these doubts, to force them to find Christ on their own. Doubts aren't evil and bad. Doubts are a vehicle to get us into that trusting relationship with God. So faith can be my own. Allow your doubts to cause you to seek God like never before. Allow your doubts to drive you to seek God. Proverbs 2, 3, cry aloud for understanding. And if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, seek the Lord. If doubts lead you to questions, and questions lead you to answers, and answers lead you to Christ, then doubt has done its job. Oswald Chambers says, doubt is not always a sign to the man who is wrong, and maybe a sign to his thinking. God is not scared of your doubts. He's not trying to, he's not worried in heaven thinking, what if they ask me the one about the dinosaur? I don't know how to answer that. They're not, he's not freaking out about your questions and your concerns. He embraces them because that's where he can show up. That's where you can see Jesus in some places where you can't see him elsewhere. 
In your doubts, it forces you to cut through the fluff, to cut through what everyone else is thinking and doing and and discover your faith for yourself. I, I want you to know properly dealing with doubts because we all have them, is so necessary because it strengthens your faith. It it allows your doubts to keep you on course, to follow Christ, to believe, to have this thing called faith. Because the goal is James 1.6. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. That's the goal. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. You overcome your doubts by number one, seeking Jesus. Are we good with that? If you're struggling, seek God like never before. Get on your knees, uh, read Scripture, study, pursue, hunger, look, go after Him. Number one, overcome your doubts with seeking Jesus. Number two, allow your doubts to make you touch Jesus. John 20, 24. So one of the 12 disciples named Thomas. Now, Thomas, he's got a bad rap over the years, right? Doubting Thomas, everyone doesn't want to be like, I love Thomas. I think I could relate to Thomas. I I could have uh, a beer. I don't like beer. I could have a glass of wine with Thomas. He'd be awesome. Uh, Thomas, just he's a real, he just says, he's struggling a little bit. And so he wasn't with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, um, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, hang on a minute. I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in the side. Um, Have you ever done a bit of a deal with God? Hey, if you do this, I'll do that. Uh, God, if, if you give me that car spot at Castle Towers, then I'll follow you the rest of my life and stop driving three levels all the way around. You're like, God, I'll, I'll, hey, I'll serve at the church. Hey, God, you know what I'll do? I'll go to that creative thing that Bonnie talked about. I'll show up and I'll, I'll press some buttons and I'll serve on the parking. I'll do anything. You know how we do these deals? Well, this is Thomas like, hang on. I, I need to see something before I, I, I fully go all in. It's a bit like Gideon with the fleece. And so he says, I won't believe until, until I see it. Now, Thomas, he's known as the, the doubting Thomas, but I think he was just saying what everyone was thinking. <laughs> so eight days later, the disciples were together and this time Thomas was with them. So even though he's doubting, he's not believing, he still shows up for eight days That's this concept of doubt isn't an assured unbelief. It's an uncertainty. It's a hesitation. It's a question. What I love about Thomas, he showed up. Keep showing up in your doubts. Keep coming to church. Keep cracking open the Bible. Keep reading. Keep keep going. Don't quit. Don't give up. Thomas shows up eight days later. When you're in the valley of doubt, the way to get out, keep walking. Just keep going. Don't turn the other way. Don't run. Just just keep going. Keep showing up. Keep walking. I love Psalms 23. Even though I walk, I don't sit. I walk through what? I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil because you are with me. You're not alone in your doubts. God will never abandon you. He'll never leave you. He's with you. You Thomas, he kept showing up, keep walking. 
If you have doubts today, and I'm sure you do, praise God that you're here. Praise God that you, you just keep showing up and you, you're questioning, that's okay. And at Elevation, we wanna create this healthy, down-to-earth, authentic place where we can be real. We, we, we can take that kind of churchy hat off, everything's perfect, and we'll fly with wings in the, you know, in the angel. Hey, I got Monday morning, I gotta find five lunches for my kids, and I haven't done any shopping, and it's too late to call the tuck shop. It's just, it's life, it's tough. And we wanna be a place where we can talk about real issues in a safe, humbling way that you're not judged, you're not rejected, you're, you're, you're not looked down upon. You, you can share, you're gonna be loved and embraced. They didn't kick Thomas out. They didn't have a coup. Hey, Thomas, mate, you're really not measuring up, buddy. You know, you're taking a few Sundays off and, you know, that, 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 that transition you did, you know, and man, that, I, I don't know, that prayer meeting you led, it just was lame, bro. You're out of here. You're gone. You know, you're kind of late. You didn't even make the same page meeting, you know. You, you missed your coffee schedule. You're not even serving. You're out of here. No, no, they loved him. They embraced him. They, these other 11 Maybe because there was only 10 of them left. They're like, hey, we need every one of them we can get. Maybe that's us at Elevation. We need everyone to do what God uh, needs to do. So you're welcome in your doubts. So the doors are locked. This is another occasion. But suddenly, as before Jesus was standing among them, peace be with you, Jesus said. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, all right, Thomas, I heard your cry. I heard your demand. I heard the deal that you wanted to make with me. We're all a bit deal makers because we're all trying to look for an angle for ourselves because we're human, right? And he says, all right, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Suddenly Thomas had access to more intimacy than the other 10. His doubt allowed him to touch Jesus more intimately, to get closer than the other. This is fascinating to me. Why is he rewarded? You know, why would doubting Thomas, who gets this bad rap, suddenly Jesus acknowledges him, brings him closer than the other 10. Here, touch my side. See my hand. It's a beautiful picture that your doubts can actually bring you closer to Jesus. And then he says this word. It's a challenging word. And this is a word for us. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Believe. My God, sorry, my Lord and my God, Thomas explained. Thomas touched Jesus. One minute he's doubting. The next he's shouting. <laughs> At that moment, he was closer to Jesus than any others. Proving that God is not distance in your doubts. Somebody needs to hear that today. You, you feel abandoned. You feel people have just failed you. You feel alone. You've been hurt. God's not distant. God wants you to touch Him. He's pursuing you. He wants to show up in your doubts. He wants to reveal Himself 
in your doubts. He's willing to be touched. He's not far away. He is near. You can ask the questions. You, you, you can take your frustrations to Him. You can wrestle. You can ask. You, you, you can complain. Um, you can tell Him you don't understand. It doesn't make sense. And I pray today that God will show up in a significant way in each one of your lives. Thomas's doubt caused him to touch Jesus and his faith was stronger than ever. We can do the same. When I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's all crashing down, the fire alarm's going off and Sanjeev's sick and Nelly's got married and only two of us left, God, where are you? No, 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 God's with me. We're not alone. We can allow these questions and these doubts to bring us closer to God. We're not limited by a physical world. We are spiritual beings. We can seek God. We can touch the hem of His garment by faith. We can reach out today in this moment and we're gonna do this as the band comes and we sing and we worship. The presence of God is real, it's here. This is a great place where we can do some business and touch the heart of God. And Jesus said to them, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Could it be the less we see, the more doubts we have, the more blessed we can be? That's powerful. Don't be a doubt hater, be a doubt embracer. It was the doubt that caused Thomas to touch Jesus. It was the doubt that caused Thomas to continue to follow him the rest of his life. In fact, the story of Thomas is he takes the gospel to India. And in 72 AD, his faith was so strong. He wasn't doubting. He wasn't wavering. He wasn't uncertain. His faith was so strong, he gave his life as a martyr. A stake was driven through his body. So strong was his conviction and his faith. Today, I want your doubts to cause us to seek Jesus and allow our dates, our doubts to cause us to touch Jesus. Let's all stand. In this moment, I, I pray you would step into your own relationship with God right now. This is not the, the band or, or me putting on a show. This is, this is between you and God. I, I want you to talk to Him, do business with God. I want you to seek Him. I, I, I want you to be open and honest with Him. Uh, I believe by faith we can all touch Him because He wants to touch us. Father, I pray you'd pour your Spirit out as we worship as we sing, as we give you a moment, God, to minister to us.